Welcome to the Faith Assembly Podcast. We're so glad that you joined us today. It is our desire at Faith to help you connect, grow, and go in your walk with God. We hope you're encouraged by this message from Pastor Steve. We, we remember uh, when the kids were small and, and the joy that filled our hearts through that time of year. And I want to share a message with you this morning in a, a little bit of a different fashion than I normally do. Instead of using PowerPoints and other visual aids this morning, I've asked a cast of people to assist me in giving some visual aid to help uh, illustrate this message today and give you some, something to look at here besides the screen this morning. So today I want to invite you in a thought process with me, and I want you to try to help me to understand a mystery. Now, understand that I'm going to I'm going to ask you some questions today that aren't necessarily in the biblical narrative, but it's, it's a little bit of the fruit of my imagination, and it's also leading to a principle that is very biblically sound. So just, just hang on with me here and enjoy the journey this morning as we work together. See, I love to read the Bible. You love to read the Bible? Good, good church folks. So... Uh, I love to read the Bible. I love to listen to the Bible, actually. Sometimes you may see me walking around with my little earbuds in, and, and I'm just carrying on. And the truth of the matter is, I may or may not be listening to music. I may actually be listening to the Bible there uh, through some kind of uh, MP3 or something. But anyway, I, I love to read the Bible. I love to listen to the Bible. And if you've ever you know, seen me there walking around, as I said, I'm usually generally listening to the Bible over and over. And there are many... Many things, one thing about the Bible that I find interesting is that there are many, many things that the Bible does tell us, and I'll be the first to agree that it tells us everything that we need to know to secure our salvation, to live a holy life, and to live a life that's pleasing to God. But there are a number of things upon which the Bible stands silent. And we see certain aspects of a particular narrative unfolding and it gives us certain details but then certain details are left out there are characters that appear only for a brief while on the pages of scripture and then they vanish and we've we've heard their names maybe once or twice we hear of an activity or two uh, that they accomplished and then they uh, just fade from the pages of scriptures you know, just a couple of them this time of year, we think about Joseph the carpenter of Galilee. We, we see him for a brief and fleeting moment in Scripture, and then we never hear from him again. We don't know what happened to Joseph. He just kind of disappears, fades from the pages of Scripture. Whatever happened to Lazarus? After Jesus raised him from the dead, uh, what, what happened in his life or the remainder of his lifespan from that time forward? We don't know. The Bible is not clear on that. So of all the wonderful thoughts, though, that I have concerning this time of the year, when I think about Christmas, I often think about this one particular Bible character that is mentioned a couple of times on the pages of Scripture, and then he just kind of drops off the radar. And there's one question that always remains a mystery to me. And that is, I wonder how the innkeeper felt. I wonder how the innkeeper felt. You know the innkeeper. 
He's that guy who gets a very brief mention on the pages of Scripture and then we never hear his story again. And I I can't help but wonder sometimes whatever become of the innkeeper. I wonder if he ever regret to, uh, grew to regret his decision that he made on that fateful night. You know, he's central to so many Christmas programs. He's that brash character that stands before the expectant mother-to-be and shakes his finger and says, there's no room at the inn. Here stands this man, unwittingly, I'm sure, but nonetheless, he says to the king of glory, there's no room for you here here stands this man I can only imagine how he felt at that moment Caesar Augustus had issued a decree that every man with his household should be taxed and this called for a lot of people to be traveling and in need of lodging I'm sure there was a full house that night and I'm sure that room was scarce I'm sure he didn't feel that he had any room and it was a legitimate position to take I suppose I'm sure that he felt like he was going above and beyond just to offer them some room in his cattle stall. I can imagine how he felt in that moment. He felt a lot like many of us most of the time. It was a time in which he was very stressed. He was facing expectations that were unreal. I mean, he couldn't just make room appear out of nowhere. He just couldn't pull rooms out of thin air. I'm sure that he'd had the displeasure that evening of turning a lot of people away and not being able to be everything that they expected that he could be or should be. I'm sure that he was overwhelmed. There was so much to do and so little time to do it. There were so many unreasonable demands being made both of his time and his available resources. And I'm sure that he felt justified. Sure, he told Mary and Joseph there was no room in the inn, but after all, what was he supposed to do? Just push other things aside and make room for this baby? I wonder how aware the innkeeper was of the events that happened later that same night. I wonder if the events that happened that night bore on his mind and perhaps caused him to keep track of this little baby for years to come. What events, you might ask? Well, the Word tells us this, that the Bible gives us this interesting account of something that happened on that very night when Jesus was born. In Luke chapter 2, it says this, Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And then the word continues and says this, And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were greatly afraid. And then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth goodwill towards men. And so it was that when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds said one to another, 
Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. So here's the first sign that there was something different about this baby. I'm sure that it had been quite a shock when he heard that, when the innkeeper heard that the woman in the cattle stall did indeed give birth to a child and that it was wrapped in clothes and laying in a manger. But now, now here come shepherds and they're looking for this kid and they're saying, an angel appeared to us as we kept watch over our flocks. Not just an angel, but a multitude of heavenly hosts. And they were proclaiming that a savior has been born. And not only are they here roaming around the campus, but now they know where to look for this child. I wonder if suspicion began to arise in the heart of that innkeeper. You know, after all, it had been foretold that a Savior would be born in Bethlehem. In Micah chapter 5 and verse 2, it says, But you, Bethlehem, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be a ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old, from ancient times. I wonder how the innkeeper felt when he realized that the baby that he had relegated to the cattle stall had his birth announced by heavenly angels. I wonder if the innkeeper decided at that moment to keep up with what happened to that little baby. I know that I would have. Some time passed, and the hype of that evening soon faded away. But I'm sure that was a night that the innkeeper still remembered. The Bible gives this account, and it says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it arose, and we have come to worship him. And when King Herod heard this, and all Jerusalem with him, when he called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. Then this account continues and says this, Then Herod called the Magi secretly, and he found out from them the exact time that the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. And after they heard the king... They went on their way, and the star that they had seen when it arose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and they worshipped him. And then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. You know, it's not every day that a caravan of magi pass through the neighborhood. And after all, this is a small town, and you know how things go in a small town. The magi were passing through looking for a baby, and they say that they've seen his star. Oh, the innkeeper's starting to wonder. This kid has a star. What kind of child has a star? Who is this kid that has a star? 
And they went into the house and they found this baby with his mother and they bowed down and they worshipped him. And I wonder how the innkeeper is beginning to feel about declaring to this child, there's no room in the end. You know, the innkeeper was living in a day of swift prophetic fulfillment. What this man was witnessing was the fulfillment of prophecy right before his eyes. And I wonder how this man began to feel as he witnessed these things coming to pass. Now I want you just to imagine here with me for just a minute. Just suppose that this innkeeper who had witnessed all these things concerning this little baby, this kid who had his birth announced by the angels, and this kid who has a star and magi come to worship him. Just imagine that he had lived for another 33 years and he had heard things about the life of this man as he grew, about the miracles, the healings, and the feeding of the multitudes. You've got to keep in mind that Jesus' ministry took place, his earthly ministry took place in a very small area. Then suppose one day that the sad news came that this young man had died. Word came that he was cruelly beaten. That he was crucified. And that he had been buried in a borrowed tomb. Certainly the news of his resurrection spread that after the third day that he was raised from the dead again, I wonder if the innkeeper knew these things. If this man had kept track, then he would certainly know that the whole life of this little baby was the fulfillment of prophetic word. My question is this. This man was living in a day of swift prophetic fulfillment. And yet he said to the baby in the manger... There's no room for you in the end. I wonder if it ever occurred to him that this little baby, whom he had turned away before he was ever born, was actually the king of the world. I wonder if he ever did open his heart's door to that little baby that grew to be the king. And then church, I remind you of this fact that not only was the innkeeper living in a day of swift prophetic fulfillment, but so are you and I. You and I are living in a day of swift prophetic fulfillment and we are all innkeepers of sorts. Because Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20 declares this and these are the words of Jesus speaking to you and I. It says, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. Can I tell you today, young or old, rich or poor, the king of the world is standing at your heart's door and he's knocking. And he wants to share fellowship with you. He wants to share communion with you. How will you answer? How will you answer in the busyness of the holiday season?
How will you answer in the affairs of the new year? Will you open the door? Will you welcome him in? Will you leave him outside with no room in the end of your heart? There are a couple of prophecies that still remain. One day before a great gathering of people, this same Jesus who was buried and rose again ascended into heaven. And there again appeared angels who said, You men of Galilee, why stand you gazing? Because this same Jesus that you've seen taken in like manner is going to return again. And church today, one, one day Jesus will return again. And another scripture says that it is appointed once to a man to die and then to face the judgment. And it's my prayer that the fulfillment of these prophecies don't find one single person in this room, one single person who's watching by live stream who would be saying to the Savior of the world, there's no room. There's no room for you in my life. I do wonder how the innkeeper felt about his decision to declare to Joseph and Mary and the unborn baby Jesus that there was no room. And while I only wonder how he felt, I know how several people are going to feel when Jesus comes and they have declared to him one final time, there's no room. I know how a lot of people are going to feel when they realize what's going on. I only hope it's not too late. I want to close with a Christmas poem. Well, it's at least a twist on a Christmas poem. Twas the night before Jesus came, and all through the house, not a creature was praying, not one in the house. Their Bibles were laying on the shelves without care in hopes that Jesus would not come there. The children were dressing to crawl into bed, not once ever kneeling or bowing ahead. And mom in her rocker with a baby on her lap was watching the late show while I took a nap. When out of the east there arose such a clatter, I sprang to my feet to see what was the matter. Away to the window I flew like a flash, tore open the shutters and threw up the sash. When what to my wondering eyes should appear but angels proclaiming that Jesus was here. With a light like the sun sending forth a bright ray, I knew in a moment this must be the day. The light on his face made me cover my head. It was Jesus returning just like he said. And though I possess worldly wisdom and wealth, I cried when I saw him in spite of myself. In the book of life which he held in his hand was written the name of every saved man. He spoke not a word as he searched for my name, and when he said, it's not here, my head hung in shame. The people whose names had been written with love he gathered to take to his Father above. With those who were ready, he rose without a sound. 
while all the rest were left standing around. I fell to my knees, but it was too late. I'd waited too long and thus sealed my fate. I stood and I cried as they rose out of sight. Oh, if only I had been ready tonight. In the words of this poem, the meaning is clear. The coming of Jesus is drawing near. There's only one life and when comes the last call, we'll find that the Bible was true after all. Every day, every day the Savior of the world is knocking at your heart's door for fellowship, for communion, for relationship. What will you say to Him? How will you answer Him? Will you make room for Him? Will you open the door to Him? For He says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hears my voice and will open the door, I will come in. I pray that the end of this life doesn't find any of you with the same question in my heart that there is for the innkeeper. I wonder how he felt saying to the king of glory, there's no room. There's nothing quite as tragic standing here above someone's casket and not knowing if they ever made room not knowing if they ever opened the door not knowing if they ever said to the Savior you're welcome you're welcome here with me we hope you enjoyed this inspirational message today if you would like more information about Faith Assembly, please visit us on the web at faith-assembly.org. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you have a blessed day.